Welcome to this episode of the Mind of the Escapist podcast. This is a podcast centered around film, video games, television, anime, and more. I'm your host, Terrell. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my most anticipated video games of 2023. Now, this year is absolutely stacked when it comes to video game releases, and I think the main reason for that is, of course, we're now two years into the console generation with the PS5 and the Xbox Series S and the Xbox Series X, and because of the pandemic, because of COVID, I think a lot of games were postponed, whether publicly or privately, and just, you know, delayed because of that time and the and the heavy workload that was brought upon developers around that time, and, you know, the deadlines weren't realistic. And I think as a natural progression of that period of time, a lot of those releases that we potentially would have got earlier have now filtered into this year, which means now we've got kind of a really busy schedule. Now, for me, of course, I have a big enough backlog of video games to get through as it is. Like, I can sometimes be quite bad when it comes to actually seeing games through to completion. I always get distracted by the next game that comes out. And I've been trying to do better at just beating the games that I'm playing and sticking to one game at a time almost to see it through and then moving on to the next but because of and in fact with me I've I've been a gamer for since I was a kid but there was a period of time I'd say between like 2017 and 2019 where I just didn't play video games as much as I used to and because of that I naturally had built up like a backlog of video games to play I was still buying them occasionally, but just never really playing them through enough to to complete a lot of them. And a lot of games came out around that time that I did, you know, that I did it, you know, want to play, but I just never got around to it. So naturally, I have a huge backlog of video games and I'm always buying games when they drop on sale on the PlayStation Store. So I have a huge backlog to get through as it is. And balancing that along with the crazy release schedule of this year is going to be quite interesting because I do want to be more consistent at playing the new releases and beating them within you know two three weeks of them coming out so that I can review them a lot more frequently on this podcast so that is going to give me an interesting challenge to actually keep up with and um, what I'll say about that also is there's two games on this list for my most anticipated games of this year that I actually have in my possession already because I'm doing this episode a little late um the first of those is the Dead Space remake that's without without a doubt one of my most anticipated video games of this year I'm about just gone about halfway through the game at the moment. I'm taking it at a steady pace because Dead Space, um, if you know, if you're aware, is my one of my favorite video games of all time. There is an episode on the channel already of me talking about the original Dead Space and why I love that game so much. So make sure you check out that episode if you haven't already. And I will be reviewing the Dead Space remake once I beat it, um, but I'm taking it at a steady pace. So I won't say anything about it now. I'll save that for the review, but that is one of my most anticipated I'd say, I'd say that was definitely in my top five most anticipated video games of this year and that's the dead space remake the other game i have in my possession that was on this list is hogwarts legacy which i received my copy on thursday the game officially released on friday and i've only played a couple hours of that so far um but like dead space remake i'm not going to actually talk about the game here i'll save that for my review um what i'll say is expect the review for that in about a month's time or something because that's quite a big game so i can't see myself getting through it uh, as quick as something like a dead space um so it may take a little longer for me to do my review for hogwarts legacy but i will be doing a review for it once i beat that game so yeah dead space remake and hogwarts legacy two games that were definitely on my most anticipated games list um, but I just want to mention those because they've already come out and I already have them. They were still games that I did anticipate a lot for this year. 
Now, I do want to mention a couple games, almost like a honourable mentions. These aren't games I'm highly anticipating, but they're games that I'm just curious about. And the first one is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Now, Ubisoft, I think a lot of people are fed up with Ubisoft these days, um, whether it's to do with their game design, all the behind the scenes drama at the studio in terms of, you know, abuse allegations and sexual assault allegations and things like that. There's a lot going wrong with Ubisoft and they've made a lot of cancellations of games recently as well, which is uh, very telling that they're a bit more um, in the dark about the direction that they're going as a company as of late. And Assassin's Creed is a franchise that they've kind of run into the ground. They've definitely kind of oversaturated the market with Assassin's Creed over the past decade plus. And I remember when that original Assassin's Creed game came out and how special that game felt at that time for what it was doing and how different it felt and how unique it felt. And you fast forward, you know, that was 2007. You fast forward to 2023 now and, you know, Assassin's Creed is bigger than ever in terms of sales. I think Assassin's Creed Valhalla was the highest selling game in the franchise. I completely skipped that one, you know, I was burnt out, um, so I didn't even bother playing it, I knew I wasn't going to enjoy it, so I didn't bother, it even came up on PlayStation Plus, um, on one of their higher tier subscriptions to download for free, but I still wasn't interested in putting any time into it, because to me personally, it would have felt like wasted time, I just really wasn't interested in that game. Uh, the last one that I played through to completion was Assassin's Creed Origins, which is the one set in Egypt, now I really do like Egyptian culture and Egyptian mythology, so that game really spoke to me in that regard, and that was the first game that Ubisoft made for Assassin's Creed, where they took that more of a an RPG direction and kind of switched up the franchise a bit, so that did feel a bit refreshing, playing that one through. I bought Assassin's Creed Odyssey, barely played it. Greek mythology is another mythology that I love, so... I do intend to go back to Odyssey at some point and play through it because I do love Greek mythology um, and I think I'll enjoy that game um, but it's just a case of that game I know will take up so much time and right now I've got other games that I'd rather bring my attention and, and play time towards instead of Assassin's Creed. If I ever end up having some crazy drought where I don't really have much to play then I'll get around to Assassin's Creed Odyssey but what now has me intrigued about Assassin's Creed Mirage is the fact that Ubisoft announced this was a number of months ago now. They announced multiple games um, in the Assassin's Creed franchise that they have in production. There's one that's centered around witchcraft, which sounds intriguing. Um, there's one set in Japan, I believe. And which, just to say on the record, we were asking, fans of Assassin's Creed were asking for a Japanese Assassin's Creed game since like Assassin's Creed 2. Definitely since like Assassin's Creed 3. So that's been over 10 years that people have been asking for a Japanese uh, Assassin's Creed game set in Japan. They've been so slow to get that done that they've now come to the point where they're developing this game way too late. Where there's already been plenty of games set in Japan that kind of have a similar aesthetic to what Assassin's Creed in Japan would have been like. So now it doesn't feel as fresh as it would have been if they made it in 2012. So you've got things like Ghost of, Tsush Ghost of Tsushima, uh, Sekiro, although Sekiro's kind of gameplay-wise is quite different. It's still kind of got that aesthetic to it. Now the competition is quite strong, so it'll be very tough for Ubisoft. They'll have to do a lot to make a Japanese Assassin's Creed game actually feel worthwhile and good compared to some of those games we've seen recently. So that's something that they've kind of shot themselves in the foot with in regards to Assassin's Creed titles but the one that piqued my interest and the one I want to talk about today is Assassin's Creed Mirage which is the one that they announced 
which is essentially they're describing it as going back to basics in terms of the gameplay design. So it's not going to be like your, your, you know, big expansive RPG like Origins and Odyssey. This is going to be more back to basics like the original Assassin's Creed games. Uh, Assassin's Creed 1, 2, Brotherhood, Revelations, etc. Gameplay wise. Now they actually haven't shown, they've shown like a cinematic trailer, but they haven't shown any footage of the game yet. So that makes me very skeptical because it's the game's apparently coming out this year. Apparently it's coming out within the first half of this year as well, I believe. And they haven't shown any footage. So there's nothing to really go off. They're, they're, they've taken pre-orders and they've got a collector's edition. They're doing all of that business, but they still haven't shown gamers the game. So it's kind of hard to... It's going to be hard to kind of uh, gauge what that game's really going to be like. But I am intrigued by it simply because I do like the older design of Assassin's Creed games. And I'm just intrigued to see if they can really recapture that older style. Because um, one of the biggest issues I've had with Assassin's Creed games, these most recent ones, is because of the leveling system and the way enemies are like level gated, it makes the assassin the assassination side of the combat and the stealth, it kind of, um, it makes it useless because you could be assassinating an enemy that's a couple levels above you and you can jump off the top of the building, land on them and stab them with your hidden blade and it will take a chunk of their health and then you've got to fight them. Like it just completely removes the stealth element of the game. So I'm intrigued to see if they can really fix the Assassin's Creed franchise in that particular game. And seeing as that game's core focus seems to be going back to the old style, I'll be intrigued to see if they can pull it off. So that's just a game that's got me curious. I'm not anticipating the game, but I'm just curious to see more of it and to see what direction they're truly going with it. Another game that's got me intrigued is called Wild Hearts. This is from EA and uh, Koei Tecmo are developing the game. And they've made some good games in the past. And it's an interesting collaboration to see them working with EA on a game. And this is essentially a Monster Hunter game, but just not an official Monster Hunter game. An unofficial Monster Hunter game which could have potential. Um, and this one's out very soon, actually. It'll be out in a few weeks, but I'm not... In fact, I think it's out next week. But I'm not going to be buying it on release because I'm dealing with Hogwarts Legacy and Dead Space at the moment. And there's another game out at the end of this month that I'm more interested in getting and playing before this one. Um, so I'll be prioritising that other game. I'll talk about that next. Um, but this Wild Hearts game, yeah. So it's I'm intrigued about it because I've always wanted to get into Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter has always been that type of game that... I always thought I would like, but for some reason, I've never... I think Monster Hunter has a very tall entry ceiling. It's quite complex. The mechanics of the game are complex, and all the inventory stuff is very complex. And anytime I've tried to play Monster Hunter, I've kind of not played it enough to fully understand all the mechanics of it and everything around it to fully get into it. I did buy Monster Hunter Rise on the Switch, didn't play it that much. Um, and I didn't play Monster Hunter World, which is the one that came out on PS4 and Xbox One. I didn't play that one. Um, so this, this, but the, the art design in this one, art direction, um, and the gameplay looks quite interesting in this one. And knowing Koei Tecmo, they're, they're fairly good at those type of games. Um, so I'm intrigued to just see how that one turns out. But like I said, I'm not highly anticipating it and I don't plan to buy it on release. That's a game I'll probably get to later on in the year if I have time. And if it goes on sale or something like that. Now the other game I want to mention is a game that's slated to release this year. But I don't trust that it's actually going to release this year. And this is another game from Ubisoft. And this is Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. 
Now, the original Avatar PS3 game and Xbox 360 game, the movie time game for the original film, was actually a pretty decent game. And I think Avatar as a franchise is has a lot of potential in the realm of video games. Now, after watching The Way of Water, which I'll just quickly plug, I have an episode reviewing that on my podcast if you haven't listened to it already. Um, I, I thought to myself, the fact that no one that we're aware of at this current time is developing a VR experience in Pandora is a huge missed opportunity. Maybe that is happening, we just don't know about it yet, but I feel like someone should be making a Pandora VR experience slash game for like the PlayStation VR or something. But um, what was announced, I think probably a couple years ago now, was Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, which is an open world RPG developed or published by Ubisoft. Ubisoft are so hit and miss nowadays, you really don't know what you're going to get with them. So kind of looking at that with trepidation, just because it is Ubisoft behind it. But there's a lot of potential there, and hopefully they can tap into the potential and really craft something worthwhile with that game. Um, so I'm very in- intrigued to see what that game turns out to be. And it is slated for this year, but because there's no set release date, I'm not adding it to my most anticipated list. Because with especially with the way that Ubisoft have been acting lately, I would not be surprised if that game gets delayed. And potentially they'll delay it to kind of release alongside Avatar 3, which will be next December. So... I don't think that's coming out this year anyway, but it's a game I want to mention anyway because it is something I'm intrigued by. Right, so let me actually get to my list. So I've named two of them already, Dead Space and Hogwarts Legacy, which I, as I've said, I already own and I'm already playing through. Um, This is in no particular order, by the way, this list. The next game that I'm anticipating for this year is Atomic Heart. Now, this is a game that's out in three, two, two or three weeks. Um, this is the other game that's out in February that I want to buy. Um, this is the one that I'm going to be buying ahead of Wild Hearts. And what's got me intrigued about this game, I haven't seen a whole lot about it, but the little bits of gameplay footage I have seen have kind of really drew, drawn me in because I'm a big fan of Bioshock. Bioshock is one of my favourite games of all time. And Bioshock Infinite is a fantastic game. That's one of, my fa- one of my favourite games of all time as well. And we haven't had a Bioshock game in a very long time. And this Atomic Heart game looks like a combination of Bioshock gameplay or at the very least the type of gameplay that Bioshock pioneered which is that type of first person kind of you've got your magic or your kind of spell kind of it's not spells in this game but you've got your sort of magical powers supernatural powers whatever you want to call it on your left side and you've got your gun on your right right side and you're kind of combining the two within the first person gameplay that's that type of gameplay that Bioshock pioneered back in 2007 and this game seems to be adopting that type of style but the other game that this reminds me of judging from the gameplay is Wolfenstein and I think that's more from the the story and aesthetic of the game because this game's about uh, robots that go rogue I believe and that just gives me a whole Wolfenstein vibe so the gameplay just looks like an, uh, a combination of Bioshock and Wolfenstein in the best of ways. I never played the most recent Wolfenstein game, but the Wolfenstein The New Order, the one that came out on the st- at the start of the PS4 generation in 2014, that was a great game. Really good game. Um, probably one of the better FPS games I've played since, you know, in, in, in the past 10 years. And um, I platinumed that game as well. I did play that game a lot. That was a really good game. So it, this, this Atomic Heart game appeals to me just from a gameplay perspective. I'm, I'm not all that clued up on what the storyline is about. But um, I'll definitely be going along for the ride just for the sake of the gameplay because I think it has tremendous potential. I don't think it's 
being developed by like a AAA developer. I believe it's a it's a Russian developer, I believe. Because I think I've seen controversy surrounding that. But yeah, I'm I've, you know, got an open mind with that game basically. I'm not expecting it to be perfect, but I think it could be worthwhile and worth the experience. Another game I'm looking forward to this year is called Judas. Now, this game actually ties into what I was saying about Atomic Heart in a in an indirect way. This game is from the cre- the creative mind of Kevin Levine. And for those who don't know, he is the creator or one of the creators of Bioshock. He is kind of like the face of Bioshock, if you will. The original Bioshock and then Bioshock Infinite. And he hasn't made a game since then, I believe. And this is his next game. Now, if you watch the trailer, we don't know a whole lot about what this game's about. But if you see the trailer for Judas, and the trailer was only released a few months ago, you can immediately get a sense of Bioshock from it. To the point where if you showed someone this trailer without telling them the title, they would probably guess this is Bioshock 4. And that alone has me interested and anticipating this game. The gameplay looks great. Like I said with Atomic Heart, it looks like it's got that Bioshock style gameplay. But then it's got the world building and the intrigue around that. That Kevin Kev, Ken Levine brought to Bioshock. Um, and that's what made Bioshock really stand out back then. So I'm just... This is a day one for me automatically. I have, you know, off of that one trailer and knowing who's creating it, this is a day one purchase for me. And I don't think this has a date set in stone for this year yet, um, but it's scheduled for this year. So hopefully it does come out this year, but that's Judas. Another game on this list, this is a big one that's going to be on a lot of people's anticipated list, is Spider-Man 2. Now, I'm going to be honest here and say that although this is one of my most anticipated games of the year, of course, I'm a big fan fan of Spider-Man, like a lot of people are, and I'm looking forward to this game. I am skeptical because I think there's a lot that Insomniac have to do with this game to actually make it deliver. Because we had Spider-Man in 2018, which was a great game for when it released, and we also got Miles Morales, which was the launch title for the next-gen consoles, which is also good. But despite the fact that I enjoyed my time with Miles Morales, that game. And despite the fact that the game also did improve some elements of that 2018 game, it did feel lacklustre in some other ways to me. It just felt like a DLC add-on in a way. And I think the obstacles that Insomniac are going to come across with Spider-Man 2 now is they kind of need to evolve the formula to an even larger degree. Now, I think because of the gameplay of what what this game is promising gameplay wise, which is playable two playable spider-man i think that could give them an alley-oop if you will to really kind of give us a new experience with this new style of spider-man game and who knows whether the game itself would be co-op i doubt it but or whether you'd be able to freely change between the spider-man in the open world and then for specific missions you control specific ones and of course you've got venom and I think the the implications of having Venom in this storyline lead itself to a lot of potential, and that alone is a lot to get uh, enough to get a lot of Spider-Man fans excited. But it's more so the gameplay side of it for me, and the gameplay loop, because I just hope that they really develop develop some develop the gameplay loop and make it feel fresh again, and add new mechanics. And you know, I don't I don't think they can just get away with releasing the same framework of the 2018 game in Mars Morales just with two Spider-Men and a couple new skills in the skill tree 
and that's about it. I don't think that's going to suffice, not for me at least, because I think I'll get bored with that. I think they just really need to do something to reinvigorate the game as a whole. And I don't necessarily know what that is right now, but it's also not my job to figure that out. <laughs> but uh, I think I will, that scepticism, until we see some proper footage of the game, that scepticism will remain for me. And I'm going to be keeping a close eye on when they do release footage for this game to see if it is just more of the same or if they really are kind of pushing it to a new standard for a Spider-Man game. And because I believe this will be next-gen only as well, I expect it to look phenomenal. System Shock is getting a remake. Now, System Shock is a game from the late 90s, I want to say. A very, very early FPS game that kind of blended sci-fi and horror elements. I had never played any of the System Shock games. All I know is that System Shock inspired the original Bioshock. And I believe the original Bioshock actually was a, a System Shock game before they changed it and took a different direction. Because of that, it's been a game that I've always been intrigued to play. And then I randomly found out that they're releasing a remake this year, which I definitely want to check out because I do want to go back and experience the essence of the original game that inspired Bioshock, which, like I said, is one of my favorite games. And hopefully it's a decent enough remake. I don't know what the budget is behind it in terms of how much they're changing within it or how big budget of a game. It's probably going to be like a double A release, um, but still a remake. And I'm just intrigued to see. I'm intrigued to just experience that game because I've not experienced any of that game before. But I know that it's a very influential game on a lot of games. I believe System Shock potentially inspired Half-Life to a degree as well. So um, I'm just intrigued to, to to see that and and to play it. So that's the System Shock remake. Another game that's out fairly soon, it just recently got delayed from its March release date, is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Now this feels like it's been a long time coming, but they've actually cooked this game up very, very quickly, because I think it's only taken them three years to make it, which in video game development terms is not that, actually that long. Um, so this is the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which came out in 2019. That's a game that I have the Platinum Trophy for, and that is actually the last game that I played on the PS4. I remember during lockdown, I was playing through... So I bought this game on release, uh, the original game, Jedi Fallen Order. I bought that on release, played it through a bit, and like I said, it was around that time where I wasn't really playing games consistently. And it was actually the pandemic and the lockdowns that made me start playing video games more frequently again. And I kind of got back into it again, and I'm grateful for that. And so, because it came out around that time where I wasn't really attacking games with, you know, a lot of my time, I played a bit of it and then kind of put it down. And, you know, I was enjoying it, but I just didn't play through it. And it wasn't until about a year later, so during that November lockdown that we had in the UK during the pandemic that I was playing through it a lot more and I played it through to completion and it was the last game I remember because I was playing it right down to the wire I wanted to beat it before I got hold of my PS5 and I think I did beat it before I got my PS5 but then I was going back and trying to collect the platinum trophy before I got the PS5 and I think I did have to go back and play a little bit more of it after picking up my PS5 in that month just to get that platinum trophy but this was a a Souls-like, basically. It was a Star Wars game in the framework of a From Software Souls game. And I think, gameplay-wise, they nailed quite a lot of it. I think they got a lot right in terms of the gameplay. But one of the... I mean, the biggest thing that was an issue for me with that original game was the performance. I thought the performance was very lackluster. There was a lot of uh, loading issues where the game would literally just freeze 
to load mid-gameplay. Um, I think the frame rate was very, very choppy and inconsistent. And yeah, there was a lot of performance problems. So that's why them announcing that they're going to delay the game by a further month until the end of April to kind of do some quality control on it. I don't have an issue with that whatsoever because I don't want a repeat of, especially on these next-gen consoles, I don't want a repeat of what happened with that first game because although I enjoyed that first game, my experience has been kind of hampered and my memory of the game has been tainted by just how bad the performance was. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like the level design of that original game. It had that kind of uh, Metroidvania style to it and I like that aesthetic to it and I think it worked well enough in the game but I do think a lot of the game design in certain planets was very mismatched and poorly designed to the point where it was unintentionally complicated to get around the place like you'd be looking at the map for the location that you're in and you still can't navigate the planet and go where you want to even looking at the map because it was just so poorly laid out and poorly designed so hopefully they improve on that um, but I don't tend to look at a lot of footage of games, especially games that I know that I'm going to be buying anyway. I don't tend to look at a lot of footage pre-release. So I haven't seen a whole lot aside from maybe the, the couple like cinematic-ish trailers that they've released. But I know there's like dual wielding lightsabers and there's a lot of new mechanics they're adding. Um, but hopefully it's a great game. And hopefully the story does something quite interesting as well. So that's another game I'm looking forward to, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. In June, we have Final Fantasy 16. Now this is a game I'm looking forward to a lot. And I remember when the PS5 was announced, or just after it was released, around that time anyway, in 2020, we got the announcement of Final Fantasy 16, and it looked incredible back then. And everything we've heard about it since sounds incredible. And then every trailer they've released since looks incredible. The gameplay looks incredible. The visuals look incredible. The storyline and the and the mythology surrounding it and the world that they've built for this this iteration of Final Fantasy looks fantastic. I haven't played Devil May Cry 5 yet. It's on my backlog. But I know that the creative designer or the gameplay combat designer, etc. of Devil May Cry 5 is working on this, which is very promising for that kind of fluid action gameplay. Um, coming to Final Fantasy instead of the turn-based combat is quite um, a good sign that they've got someone like that working on this game from a combat standpoint. And I know that the game itself has been finished for a long time. Square Enix have, have said probably almost a year ago that the game's been done and they're just polishing it up. So they've been polishing this game for such a long time. I expect this game to come out and be in tip-top shape in terms of performance and visuals. Um, so I think it could be an across the board fantastic title in terms of the game itself the mythology and the story and then also the performance side of it so i'm very very excited for final fantasy it's a franchise that i really like and it's a franchise that i haven't played enough of so i've played certain fran uh, final fantasy games but not all of them and i did want to play through a few more of the more classic final fantasy games before the release of final fantasy 16 um, and i did play a lot of final fantasy 15 but I didn't ever beat that either. So I want to go back and beat Final Fantasy XV because although that game has its issues, I think I liked it more than a lot of people did. But I'm very excited for Final Fantasy XVI. That looks incredible. Street Fighter VI, that's another game that's out in June. And I think the gameplay really wowed me. The fluidity of the gameplay and the art style for Street Fighter VI really uh, impressed me when I saw that initial gameplay reveal that they did. And I'm just itching for a fighter, man. Like, Mortal Kombat, um, what Mortal Kombat are we on now? We're on Mortal Kombat, what, 11? Mortal Kombat, or is it Mortal Kombat 12? I can't even remember now. But the most recent Mortal Kombat game, which came out in 2019, 
like yeah literally it came out in 2019 so that's like four years ago and then we got the ps5 update of that as well which is all good and well and mortal kombat is my favorite fighter but it feels like it's been time since we've got like another great fighter um i didn't play guilty gear strive i did really want to check that out but i just never got around to buying it because i just never had the time to fully commit to a fighting game so that was a game i missed that i think did look pretty good guilty gear strive but i think i'm gonna commit to street fighter 6 the last street fighter i played properly was street fighter 4 i did play street fighter 5 for a little period of time but they didn't properly get into it because that game was a mess when it came out there wasn't a lot of content with it either um so street fighter 4 is the one that i last put a lot of time into um, but I'm looking forward to Street Fighter 6 and it looks pretty promising. Armored Core 6. That game, the only reason this game's on this list really is because it's from software. And the interesting thing about Armored Core 6 and Armored Core as a franchise is I did play some Armored Core games back on the PS2. And this was long before I ever really knew. Well, it was long before I knew about from software at all. And it was long before any of the Souls games had come out. But I had played some Armour Core games. Don't have that much. I remember playing them, but I don't have much of a memory of what those games were like to play. But then seeing FromSoft, who I know have been working on this game for a while. It's been rumoured for a while that they've been working on this. Finally announce this game and show off that cinematic trailer. And for them to then talk about how they're going to implement certain aesthetics or aspects, shall I say of their souls games into this in the sense that it's going to be focused on boss battles with the mecha and they're going to really put a heavy emphasis on the boss design and things like that but then they also said despite that they're not going to be translating the whole of the souls like kind of gameplay loop into this game so it will still be its own thing it will still be armor core not a souls like game with an armor core skin on it that intrigues me so the fact that it's going to maintain its own identity, there's going to be a lot of customization, they said, with the, with the mecha, and there's going to be a heavy emphasis on boss battles. That just sounds really interesting, and I'm really intrigued to see how, with these next-gen consoles, FromSoft can make an Armour Core game in a climate now where they're known for these very difficult Souls-like games, how they will make their their uh, Armour Core title amongst that. It's what's really intrigued me. And I, and I do love mecha. So... Just having a next-gen game centered around mecha and big mecha battles will be very, very interesting. So Armor Core 6 is definitely on my list for anticipated games. This is a very game this is a game that very uh, intrigued me a lot. Lies of P. Now there's a trailer that came out for this probably like in the middle of last year. And this is basically a Pinocchio game. It's centered around the story of Pinocchio, but it's got a more of a darker fantasy, dark fantasy slash cyberpunk kind or steampunk shall i say aesthetic to it um the art direction for the game looks fantastic and the gameplay looks fantastic and a lot of people said that they think it looks a lot like bloodborne and i can see why they said that you know aesthetically aspects of it is reminiscent of bloodborne but this is a souls like i believe and it looks like a very good one check out the trailer if you haven't seen the trailer for it um i don't know when it's actually supposed to release but this is a game i feel like i'll get on day one because i think it is hitting a lot of boxes that i like when it comes to games it's got that souls like aesthetic it's got the very strong art direction that looks very unique and it's kind of a darker fantasy spin on an existing story such as pinocchio which could be quite interesting so i'm intrigued to see how lies of p turns out and the last game i have on my list of most anticipated games for this year is of course resident evil 4 remake 
Now, Resident Evil 2 Remake was fantastic. It was a shock, I think, to a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people expected that high level of quality from Capcom with the remake of Resident Evil 2. I didn't get round to the Resident Evil 3 Remake, but I will try and play that before the Resident Evil 4 Remake releases. But Resident Evil 4, what can you say about that game? That's a classic. One of the all-time great games. One of the all-time great horror games. But it is a game that I do believe, despite you know its classic st status, I think even more so than Dead Space, it's ripe for a remake. Simply because I think it's quite... It's not difficult to play nowadays, but it does feel dated in terms of its control and its gameplay design. Uh, mainly the controls, actually, not the gameplay design itself. And it's quite interesting when you remember how this game kind of pioneered that over-the-shoulder third-person gameplay that kind of became the staple for the industry since then. Um, it's quite cool that a horror game had that much influence on the industry as well. But and I, one thing I'd say is Resident Evil 4 isn't that scary. But I know with this remake, they're going to be changing some things up, which will be intriguing to see what they do change. And I know that I think they're changing the tone of it up a bit. So they're still saying it's going to have that campy tone. But I know certain elements of the game are going to be more horror focused. And I know they switched up some locations to make them more darker and things like that to give it more atmosphere and to make it more scary to play through. They've recently, Game Informer have recently dropped a couple gameplay clips and it looks fantastic, the graphics and the gameplay of it. And I think it's going to be a massive success. And I'm just really glad that we've got like a bit of a resurgence of horror going on right now with horror games. And for me, Dead Space and Resident Evil 4 are among the all-time great horror games. And for both of them to get revitalized this year within a couple months of each other with remakes, I think is a, a very special thing, especially for survival horror fans and for people that haven't played these games before but may want to try them. And I'm just very excited to play Resident Evil 4 and the remake because they did such a good job with Part 2, um, Resident Evil 2 and that remake. I've got a lot of... Uh, anticipation and high expectations for this Resident Evil 4 remake and seeing as I just was just speaking about horror games these games weren't on my list but I might as well mention them Silent Hill 2 remake um, that's just something to make note of for this year and Alan Wake 2 so it is a big time for horror games this year as well um, but I've named all the games that are uh, on my list for most anticipated games of the year and I've named some honourable mentions, which are games that I'm just going to keep an eye on. They're not games that I'm going to rush out and buy necessarily straight away. And they're not games that I'm all the way committed to, but I'm just intrigued to see how they turn out. So those were Assassin's Creed Mirage, uh, Wild Hearts, and Avatars, the Front Avatar the Frontiers of Pandora. And then in terms of the games that I had on my list for most anticipated games of this year, just to run through them one more time. Dead Space Remake. Hogwarts Legacy, System Shock Remake, Resident Evil 4 Remake, Atomic Heart, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, Final Fantasy 16, Street Fighter 6, Armored Core 6, Lies of P, Judas, and Spider-Man 2. That is my list. Thank you for listening to this episode, whether you listen to the entire thing or little parts of it. It's all appreciated in equal measure, and I'll catch you guys soon on the next episode.